Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, Vanessa, it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about being is, is your Is your book for sale about it? Yes, it is. I'm not sure. I just go and try and do a better job. Let me tell Say it like you mean it. This is my body. Yo, Trey. What up? I got something to say. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 102. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. So this week has been a, a pretty um, active week in, in the news cycle. A lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of stuff we could talk about. But uh, mainly, uh, the, a couple of things I, I really wanted to that, that really are impactful, um, I guess, are, are impactful. Of great significance. Well, not even that. I don't. Know. I mean, is anything really of great significance anymore? I mean, uh, the way our media works and the way uh, things happen. I mean, it's like we go from one thing to the next to the next, and it's like if you don't, if there's not somebody there to just kind of continue to sound the sirens call to to bring awareness to these things, they just kind of fade into obscurity. And I mean, some of the, the, the things that I want to talk about, the, the kind of three topics, um, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a formulaic show. I mean, if you've watched me for any time, I, I do three pictures, I do three topics, I do, sometimes we get a little different, but um, for the most part, I kind of grab, it's like a sermon. It's, it, this is your uh, evangelical norm, uh, Monday morning three-point sermon, right? This is what we do. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So the first and foremost thing I really want to talk about is uh, Pastor James Coates, uh, pastor up in Alberta, Canada, I believe. Um, this is a man that is in, in jail right now because he continued to hold church services against the health mandates or whatever. Um, now, I'm not familiar with Canadian law. I don't know. I mean, they don't have a, a First Amendment like we have a First Amendment. I don't know. I'm not familiar with all those things. I mean, I should probably get my buddy Josh Kreese on uh, sometime to kind of break down. Um, but what I do know is this dude, this pastor has been gathering his church what the Bible tells us to do, um, you know, and again, it's not that he's saying people can't wear masks to church, but they're not requiring them and they are gathering and they are preaching the word and they are doing what the Bible calls him as a pastor to do, to preach the word, to, to edify the saints, to do the things that he's called to do as a pastor. And the church is doing what they are called to do, to join together, to gather together, to worship God corporately, this is what the Bible tells us to do. So they are they are following the mandates of their faith. <clears throat> and because of that, Canada has put this man in jail. Um, and and so we're watching this and we're we're hoping he did have a, a hearing the other day where they denied his release. So he is staying in jail until apparently until there's a hearing. Um, I don't know all the specifics. I don't know when any of this is going to happen, how much longer he's basically been on quarantine as he's been there. So it's almost been a uh, a solitary confinement kind of situation, which is just crazy. Um, 
Ali Stuckey interviewed his wife uh, last week on her show, Relatable. You should go check that out um, and, and hear Aaron Coates talk about the things that are going on. But, the, but what bothers me more than anything is that, um, okay, the Christian church is definitely divided um, between people that I would consider believers. You have, you know, the R. Scott Clark uh, group of people that, that are like just hate Doug Wilson and I mean, Doug Wilson derangement syndrome is almost as, as serious as Trump derangement syndrome, if not worse. I think maybe it's, it's a worse thing going on with people deranged about Doug Wilson and Jeff Durbin and James White and, and this kind of school of reformed theology, um, post-millennial, uh, you know, and, and I, I, to be honest, I don't know where James Coates falls. Um, in his theology either. I have. I was going to look up the, the website for uh, his church, Grace Church, I believe, Grace, Grace, some, Grace Point, Grace Church, I can't remember the name of it, um, in Alberta. And I did look at, uh, through a little bit of their who we are kind of things. But again, it doesn't get into post-millennial, any of that stuff. I don't know if he is a guy that takes any kind of influence from James White or from... Uh, Doug Wilson or anything like that, but there is this group, Christine Pack specifically, who's been tweeting just the, the most horrible things from her Twitter. And, and I mean, I have really close friends that I love that follow the Sola sisters. I think that's a podcast that she does or something. And, you know, but this woman is so deranged. I mean, seriously, I mean, the, the the whole gist of her thing is that he's not in jail because he is he, because of persecution because he's preaching, but he's in jail just simply because he violated uh, laws and and so on. But again, we we fall into this place of what do what do we follow as Christians? Do we follow man's law or God's law? We follow man's law. We can we can look at Romans thirteen and we can. We can acknowledge Romans 13 until it causes us to violate what God has called us to do. And that is what these health mandates do. To shut down a church, to say you cannot gather, you cannot preach, you cannot do these things. That violates what we are mandated to do as Christians. To continue to gather, to preach the word, to edify the saints, to do the things that we are called to do both as believers and as pastors. And so, again, this, I mean, I've never been a fan of this woman. I, I mean, from watching her, just the way that she is so vehemently anti-Doug Wilson and James White. I, I mean, and it's not that I have owe any allegiance to these men. When, when I don't agree with Doug, I'll say I don't agree with Doug. And there's many instances and places where language has been used and things have been written and things have been said where I say, no, Doug, I don't agree. I'm not, I'm not a Doug acolyte. I'm not a member of his church. I'm not I, a, but I do got, gain uh, wisdom and some good things from him and, and some of the things he's written. But he's not infallible. And so, I, I, again, I'm willing to call him out. James White, the same thing. I've, I've, I've disagreed with, with Dr. White in many of instances, um, ways that he has argued in debates and, and things like that. So, again, it, it's not that you have to be in full agreement, 
but to the way that this woman is just like nothing they do can ever possibly be good. And again, I know there are scandals and situations that have come out of Christ church in the past. And, um, and, and some of those things were horrible and I don't know all the specifics and I don't know how they were, uh, how they were handled completely or anything like that. All I know is that as I look at Doug Wilson today, he is a good teacher, he is a good pastor, he is a, a, a great theologian, and he is, um, you know, he's, he's taking care of, of his, his church, and yes, he has influence in a lot of other places. But again, to, to take one situation, or two situations, I don't know how many situations, to take those and, and then just suddenly in, insist that there's nothing good can come out of Moscow, Idaho. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, she's literally, I mean, in, in the attitude that she has that nothing good comes out of Moscow. I mean, she's literally aligning herself with the way the Pharisees were in the Bible, but yes, she's going to, they're going to immediately throw the Pharisee card at us. It's, It's amazing. The, the schism that is there in, in Christianity, but and in reformed circles and, and everything. I mean, again, it, wow. So the bottom line is, uh, pastor James Coates is still in prison. He's still, uh, locked up because he, he continued to preach the gospel. And yes, it, it, it is a, a, uh, a manner of persecution that the, the city, the state is coming after him because he refused to, to obey their orders and chose to obey what the word of God told him to do instead. And they're mad. And that's, I mean, and we're seeing the same thing happening in Moscow, Idaho with stickers on poles and things like that. And, you know, because Doug Wilson refused to bend the knee to, I can't remember the mayor's name, little or something like that, the mayor in Moscow. And so that they painted a target on their back. And so pray for, for pastor Coates, um, pray that he is released, pray that, uh, that the, the persecution against him would stop. And again, I understand that, that, uh, there are far worse examples of persecution throughout the world. Believe me, I do a podcast every other week and every day through the month of, of November where I, I discuss the, the horrible persecution that occurs all over the world, throughout the Middle East, throughout China, throughout many other areas where, where people are beaten, bruised, raped, murdered for their faith in Christ. And so, yeah, okay, so he's, he's only in jail for a little bit, but it's still persecution because he refuses to have they have they arrested i mean i can't imagine that every restaurant every business in alberta is is falling in lockstep with all of these mandates and so on have those other people been arrested i mean maybe they have maybe they have maybe this is is just not a a a targeting of a a faithful christian but it really it looks to be the targeting of a faithful christian so um then the other thing i wanted to talk about is a little bit of joe biden and this whole mask mandate thing and and stuff like that i mean the 
What was the, the statement that he made when Texas and Mississippi decided to to rescind all the executive orders, ordering masks, no more mask mandates, letting everybody open up to 100 percent? He called them Neanderthals. It was Neanderthal thinking to to pull these things back. And of course, when uh, Jen Psaki, uh, the, his press secretary, was questioned about it, um, she had to circle back or something. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, she basically doubled down on it and she was like he said it's neanderthal thinking she said it was neanderthal behavior but nowhere at any point did anyone apologize for calling those of us who do not want to or believe in wearing masks neanderthals i mean it literally was an insult aimed at at those of us who who do not i don't need a mask i've had covid i can't get it i can't give it why are we treating this virus like it is so different i actually unfriended people this week on Facebook, because I just can't anymore. I can't, I could have just muted them. I could, I'm, you know, but I just like, I'm not dealing with the ridiculous notion that this is a guy that had COVID that is telling people you need to stay away from me or you need to wear a mask until you get the vaccine and because I don't want to get COVID. And it's like, you do not understand. You've had COVID, which means you have antibodies, but you're not going to allow anyone around you unless they've had the vaccine, which is essentially giving them antibodies. And, and why do we not treat this like any other virus that we've ever treated in the past? Why is this suddenly like the super duper going to kill everybody when it, it has a 98.2% survivability rate? Why is this become, and, it, and again, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it has absolutely nothing to do with compassion and it has everything to do with control. And that is the bottom line. None of, none of these mask mandates or anything like that have anything to do with compassion. It is a litmus test to see how well they can control you. And that's what it is. And that's why it's Neanderthal thinking. And No. I mean, two weeks from now, when, when we see what happens in Texas and, and Mississippi, but all we have to do is look at Florida. I mean, it did not become the burning ash heap that it was expected to become. I mean, it's basically one of the oldest states. It has the, the oldest age demographic of, of, I think, any state in the union. I think it may be the number one in the oldest states. But New York lost so many more people than Florida did. And, okay, well, the population. No, well, but still. Florida is filled with the people who were supposed to be so susceptible and, and so... Uh, um, vulnerable to this but yet they didn't have nearly as many of them die and they didn't have nearly the restrictions so we have science we have data we can look at what has happened and what has gone on and we can look at the mask mandates and things like that and and say that the science is pretty sound in the way that the science has always dealt with viruses and so on so yeah i mean (laughs) To, to call people Neanderthals because they don't want to wear masks or they're not going to lock people down or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's taking a page out of Trump's, uh, you know, playbook. You know, they hate Trump. He, he, oh, he's so bad. And he was so, and I mean, I called Trump out for calling names so I can call Biden out for calling names and remain consistent. I did not excuse it on the part of, of, of the Republican president. And I will not excuse it on the part of the Democrat president. Calling people names is immature and childish. 
And to say that it's Neanderthal thinking because they follow what the science has shown for hundreds of years that as we've dealt with and, and found out more about viruses. But yet, for whatever reason, this one is like we're, we're going to have to be socially distant and, and masked up for the rest of our lives, which means I have a whole group of friends that I will never see again. Thanks, Mr. President. Would you like to take some questions now? Fade to black. That was the other thing I was going to mention about. I was going to play the little video clip, but I decided not to of, of Biden in the, uh, um, Nancy Pelosi's, the democratic caucus, uh, interview or whatever presentation he made where she told some weird whacked out story about her grandkids. Instead of saying open Sesame to the doors, they said open Biden and, and then at the end, he was like, okay, Nance, I'll take some questions if that's what I'm supposed to do. And fade to black. They, they, they covered him up and said, no, Mr. President, you are not going off script. Apparently, I read somewhere that they actually, at some point in time, he did take questions. But, I mean, the the visual on that is just classic. This dude is, is I wanted to say that that uh, Biden is almost as much a prisoner as uh, James Coates is right now. Only they allow him to go out and, and say some things every once in a while, as long as he's reading off of a teleprompter and in, as long as he retains the capability and the ability to read. <laughs> capability and ability. Yeah, to read off of a teleprompter. And it's sooner, I'm still, I mean, I, I'm, I still stand by my, my prediction. I'm, I'm late on it. I, I admit I, it didn't, it took, it, he's lasted more than 25 minutes after the inauguration, but I, I'm, I'm willing to, to guarantee that he will not finish out this term. The 25th amendment will be uh, invoked at some point in time, either that, or he's going to step down for his own health reasons. And we will have President Kamala Harris, and we'll we'll deal with that when we get there. But still, I mean, it, it's it's almost sad to watch this man try to pretend to that he's running the country because we all know he's not. Everybody knows he's not he's not pulling the strings. <coughs> he's not in charge of anything. So and that link brings me to the last thing is. Um, so there was a group uh, last year that uh, called themselves the Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden. Okay, there are so many problems wrong with that statement in and of itself. I could do an entire Master's Dog episode off of that one. But uh, they're, they're upset now. They're, they're not happy that they uh, spent some of their political capital to back this guy because they refused to back the other guy. And I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool with you not backing the other guy. Okay, and and I'm not even the guy that called for excommunication or that everybody who voted Democrat is sinful. I I can't I could never uh, reconcile within myself any possibility of ever voting for a Democrat based on their platform and abortions, abortions alone, but gay marriage, LGBT, all the other stuff that is thrown in with that. I mean, I would never vote Democrat. I'm, I'm far too... But I have no problem with people not choosing to vote Republican either. I mean, I didn't vote for either one of these men. 
But when you when you make it a, a, a binary choice, a false binary choice, that you have to vote for one or the other, and then you you take your platform as pro and and I would not I don't know that I would consider either one of these dudes. I don't I don't know Ronald J. Sider, but I've followed Richard Mao's uh career for quite some time. I don't know that I would consider him truly pro-life. He is pro-life in the same way that uh, Abby Johnson is pro-life. She doesn't want to see abortion abolished. She wants to, you know, she would never call for the uh, the conviction and prosecution of women who murder their babies. Oh no, they're victims. They're not, you know, we're, we're good with heartbeat bills and stuff like that. That's, that's their style of pro-life. They are not pro-life the way that I'm pro-life, where I say all abortions should be illegal, period, and women and doctors and anyone who go, and again, there's different levels of judgment, and that's why they, we have judges who make those decisions, but they should be prosecuted. And there are women that I have encountered, women, I mean, women who, who leave notes on people's cars while we're out at the, at the, the abortion mill, um, pleading for the lives of babies, put things on that talk about eating placentas and, and so on and eating their fetus and whatever. I mean, just horrible stuff. Proof that these are not, women are not victims. These women are not victims. Not all of them, not the majority of them. The majority of them go in there with a full knowledge of what it is they are doing. For their own convenience sake, they are murdering their children. And I've had, I've had horrific conversations with women who absolutely know and prove that they are not, women, not victims and that they should indeed be prosecuted for murder. But no, Richard Mao and, and, and Abby Johnson would never, never agree to anything like that. But here's this letter, an open letter um, to, uh, to Biden. <laughs> They're so upset. Um, let me share a little bit of this letter with you and, and share what I think about it. Um, we are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief pass- packages, exclusion of the Hyde Amendment, a longstanding bipartisan policy that prevents taxpayer funding for abortion. Okay. And see here again, the Hyde Amendment is nothing more than a, and then, than a, a shell game. It's, it's, it's a, literally a shell game, you know, Okay, federal funding is going to Planned Parenthood and, and things like that, but you can't use that money for abortions. So we're going to use that money for office supplies and blah, 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 blah. And anything that we would have uh, allotted to office supplies and blah, 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 gets allotted to abortion. So thank you very much. The Hyde Amendment does absolutely nothing. It is, again, it is a smokescreen to say, oh, we're pro-life, but we really don't care what is happening behind the closed doors of Planned Parenthood. Um, We're even more upset that the Biden administration is supporting this bill as pro-life leaders in the evangelical community. We publicly supported President Biden's candidacy with the understanding that there would be engagement, would be engagement us on the issue of abortion and particularly the Hyde Amendment. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support, and we gave it on the condition that there would be an active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issue of abortions. There's been no dialogue since the campaign. Did you expect anything else? Really? Really? I mean, I mean, the fact that they, they, went, be, they went and had meetings with the Biden campaign is just boggles me i mean i didn't realize there were like actual talks and and so on i I would love to have been a fly on the wall during that debacle but did you really think really think 
that the Democrats were going to uphold anything that they said they were going to do. I mean, the Republicans don't even do that, and they're supposed to be conservative, right? I mean, look at what's his name, um, Leach in Texas, who was supposed to help with this this uh, bill to abolish abortion in Texas, and then he didn't even let it get out of committee. You know, the pro-life senator from Texas, you know, or congressman or whatever in the Texas legislature that that was going to be and then he bombed it in committee and never let it let out does anybody really is anyone really surprised that the democrats went and took these people's support and then left them out to dry good job dr mal well done we feel used and betrayed really (laughs) i have no intention of simply watching these kinds of efforts happen on the sidelines Many evangelicals and Catholics took risks to support Biden publicly. President Biden and Democrats need to honor their courage. Really? It was courage to, to support the, the guys that, that in their platform is all about abortion and yeah, literally took God out of their platform years ago and then booed when they were pressured to put him back in. And you're surprised? You feel used and betrayed? I want to I want to know the the people who are in the congregations of these pro-life evangelicals. I want to know how much they feel used and betrayed. We call on President Biden to honor his commitment to us and immediately demand that the House of Representatives apply the Hyde language to the American Relief Package so we can virtue signal just the same way that everybody else does, right? This is no time for radical change to long-standing abortion policy. We call on Sanford Bishop, Jim Cooper, Henry Kular, Marcy Kapter, Jim Langvin, Steve Lynch, and Tim Ryan to oppose this bill as it stands and demand the Hyde Amendment be included. (laughs) Okay. This is, if this is not done, it will raise the question of whether or not we are still welcome in the Democratic Party. Do you really think you were ever welcome, Mal? Really? Again, <laughs> I, I, I am more shocked at the fact that, that this was even... Did Who wrote this? And were they able to keep a straight face? I mean, Richard Mal and Ronald Sider, President Emeritus of Evangel- Evangelicals for Social Action. What the heck is that? But these guys are the names that are affixed to it. Did they write this? Did they keep a straight face when they were writing this? Were they under the influence of alcohol or drugs when they wrote this? Better yet, were they under the influence of alcohol or drugs when they believed the Democrat and and the Biden administration or the Biden campaign when they said, oh, you're welcome in the the party and we'll work with you on abortion? Once again... The ability to make the podcaster speechless falls firmly within the realm of pseudo-evangelical stupidity. And this is... Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you played yourselves, again, as usual. I mean, Dr. Mao has had a history of playing himself. This is a dude that came out here and spoke in Utah and agreed with the Mormons that we worship the same God. No, we don't. I mean, I've had this conversation about Mao. I've had it about Dallas Jenkins doing The Chosen and anybody else who who claims to be evangelical. I mean, the, the only person that, that really came out here and made a distinction 
and, and no, it wasn't Ravi Zacharias. It was uh, Albert Moeller when he spoke at BYU and he spoke on politics and, and so on. But he, he made the statement. He said, I do not believe we are going to heaven together, but we may well go to jail together. And that was the point that he made. And he made, he made an absolute distinction. He, he worked on, Mao didn't do that. I don't know 100% that Ravi Zacharias did that. I mean, that's a whole different topic for a whole nother day. But still, this is the ridiculousness of, of American quote-unquote evangelicals. It's part of why I've, I've kind of moved away. I mean, I, I keep the name the evangelical norm because I still have a hope that, that I represent what is the norm of evangelicalism. We have the extremes, but I've, I fully want to represent what is the norm, and that's why I maintain the name. But I've also begun to move away from it and use the master's dog's name uh, more often in the things that I do because um, I, I do want to be that guy that, that barks when, when God's word is attacked. And I will, and I'm, I'm actually preparing to in, in two upcoming episodes of the master's dog that you don't want to miss because they're, they're dealing with some interesting stuff that, that is out there in, in uh, the culture right now. And, um, uh, and then I'll probably do an unsolicited uh, review of the Netflix uh, documentary, Murder Among the Mormons. I'm going to be talking about that in a Master's Dog episode coming up this week. So um, keep your eyes out for that while you're at it. If you would hit the subscribe button for, uh, if you're on YouTube for the, the channel, subscribe, like the video, share the video. Uh, say something nice about us because apparently that makes uh, Super Captain Algorithm um, make us a little more uh, available to other people to pick us up and like us. Uh, hit us up on Gab. Um, I'm really trying to, to garner some followers, but apparently the best way to get followers over on Gab is to, um, you know, uh, bow at the, uh, the idol of the Trump cult. And I'm not going to do that. You know that for a fact. Um, but I, I just haven't figured that one out. I've got three subscribers over on Gab TV, so there's plenty of room to, to subscribe over there. So you can check me out on Gab. You can hit me up at the Master's Dog or the Evangelical Norm on, on Twitter. Follow me at Norm Dunham on Facebook. Um, any of those places, let me know what you think. Uh, let me know if any of this was helpful or if I'm just uh, you know blathering uh, to, to blather. So I appreciate you guys' time. Uh, like I said, hopefully this was helpful. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.